Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Welcome to the MLB Extras Reds podcast. I'm Brittany Giroli, joined by Reds beat writer Mark Sheldon. Mark, how are you? Doing great, Brittany. How are you? I'm doing well, Mark. A lot of early news for you. This is usually the dead time for beat writers, but the Reds are just cycling through managerial candidates. Take us through the latest. uh, Handicap it if you know who maybe has a better chance than anyone. Fill us in on these about a a dozen or so guys who are vying for that job. Yeah, it's an even dozen, and they have a whole wide variety of candidates. Uh, All of them have some sort of coaching experience in the majors or minors. There's going to be a couple of guys that uh, have World Series wins and Joe Girardi and and John Farrell. There's a few guys that have uh, been uh, longtime uh, coaches or ex-managers at the big league level, and then there's some people that have never managed at the big league level. And uh, even one candidate – who has never managed at the big league level, but he's a uh, part of Cincinnati baseball royalty and David Bell. So uh, there, it can go a lot of different ways. This week, they are paring down the list. We have yet to see which names made it and which names didn't. It's it's uh, They're keeping that kind of under lock and key right now. But Dick Williams had told me that when they came into this week with the second interviews, that the, the list was going to be cut down pretty significantly. Um if I had to handicap it, I don't have uh, any idea of how the inter- actual interviews went, but I would think David Bell has a good chance. Uh, he seems to check off a lot of boxes, including that he used to manage in the minor leagues for the Reds, and he is, his dad is Buddy Bell, who uh, is in the Reds' uh, front office now, and uh, a lot of people seem to like him, and he think he's an up-and-coming kind of manager guy. Uh, Girardi obviously has the track record, and he could probably go anywhere he wants. And then you got John Farrell, who's been a scout this year for the Reds, kind of did a lot of internal uh, looking at the roster from a kind of a outsider's point of view. And obviously with his Red Sox experience and the, the World Series win, that makes him a viable candidate. Mark, you know, there's so much that's being made now of analytics and, you know, organizations using it at various degrees. Um, what's the Reds' philosophy on that? And is that something that, you know, if you had to describe an ideal managerial candidate, would that be a strength or are they okay getting uh, a guy who, like you said, has ties to the Reds and you know, is considered more Reds royalty than somebody with more managerial big league experience? What What's the most important thing to them here, do you think? I think analytics is definitely a big part of it because the organization has moved very quickly since uh, Dick Williams took over and they've added a lot more analytic people. And that seems to be a driving force behind a lot of things. Jim Riggleman, who was the interim manager, also a candidate has embraced it 
he says he's as old school as they come, but he has really gained an appreciation for what analytics can do and how it, how it can help him. And I think any candidate's going to need that. The other experience is just having dugout experience. It doesn't necessarily mean managerial experience, although I think a lot of these guys may have managed in the minor leagues in the past, uh, whether it's Charlie Montoyo from the Rays or Hensley Mullins managing the World Baseball Classic and he's a Giants coach. There's a lot of different variety of people, but I think they just want somebody that can get the respect of the players for being a baseball lifer, but also be very much into analytics. It seems like, Mark, they're moving pretty quickly on this. If you look at other um, organizations that have holes to fill, the Reds have been very proactive. Is this something you anticipate kind of getting done in the next week or two? They set uh, the end of October as their hope to have this wrapped up. The one thing the Reds had maybe at an advantage over all the other clubs is they fired their manager, Brian Price, on April 19th. So, And they knew that the interim manager, Jim Riggleman, wasn't going to get the hand of the job during the season. They were going to always take the uh, the long look and, and have a, a bunch of candidates. So they've had the entire season essentially – to go over who they wanted to interview, what kind of interviews they wanted to have, what kind of parameters they wanted to work within. So they were already doing interviews before the the last week of the season. So they they know what they want, the type of guy they want. They're keeping it kind of quiet, and and uh, we'll see. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they found someone before the World Series, but I think it might go to the end of October. Yeah, they certainly seem to have the jump, and and you're right. That, that definitely helps. I'm sure people reached out during the season. They had lists ready to go. Exactly. Clubs. No, they'll, and they'll probably get their pick of guy because of this. So um, certainly be interesting to see what happens and how that shapes the Reds going forward. Uh, but to switch to a little more baseball on-field stuff, their top prospect, Nick Senzel, um, what's next for him? Uh, what's kind of the, the timetable with him? He's coming up with elbow surgery, correct? Yeah, he just had a last week minor elbow surgery to remove a couple of bone chips and uh, Senzel. He's a guy that could have been in the major leagues this year. A lot of people think he was doing some really good things. And then uh, he had about a vertigo, which kept him out a month in May. And then in late June, he took a ball off of his finger and suffered a broken index finger and had to have season ending surgery. So he only got 44 games and, and uh, they didn't get a chance to get a, the great look out of a triple a, but this uh, offseason, they had sent him, now that he's completely healed, to the Instructional League to uh, learn left field and center field because they feel like that might be the best avenue to get him into the major leagues because they have Scooter Jeanette at second base. They have a shortstop in uh, Jose Peraza, and they have a third baseman in Eugenio Suarez. So they felt, well, his versatility could really help him get to the big leagues, and he's athletic enough. So now that he's had the elbow surgery, which kind of stopped that experiment, he's going to need six weeks to recover, and they feel like he'll be fully healthy by spring training, and they'll resume giving him a look in the outfield and they were pretty happy with what they saw in the instructional league and they'll see what happens. So going forward with this Reds organization, hopefully they'll have a manager in place, like you said, the end of October, and then they can really kind of sink into this roster and obviously a really disappointing year mark for the Reds, but uh, what will they be looking to do this off season? And what's the timetable for them? Do you think on, on being good again, on being competitive again? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, the the easy part of that question is what they need to do in the offseason is find starting pitching. Uh, nowadays, especially this year, it seems like the idea of getting a 200-inning starter is pretty much out of the question anymore. You just don't find those guys. There, there weren't many of them that pitched this year. So, But they just need to find a guy that can take the ball and make every start and, and 
be be consistent. They they were all over the map this year. Even their good starters were not always good, and they went up and down. And if they can find one or two starters that can be counted on every fifth day, which it sounds like a very cliche thing, but that's something they just can't take for granted in the Reds. Uh, that would really help them. And they're willing to spend money. They've decided they're going to be willing to spend substantially, whether it's acquiring a guy that's already getting paid or going after a free agent that will get paid. That's something that's going to be a big deal. Uh, as far as their timetable, they really thought that this was going to be the year in 2018 that they were going to turn the corner and leave the rebuilding behind and make some hay in the division. They weren't planning necessarily to win the division, but they thought they'd be competitive and get close to 500. And they obviously didn't do that. They didn't come close. So, uh, you know, looking at the team, they have a pretty good offense. They have an okay bullpen. Uh, the pitching's way off, and they just haven't developed pitchers. They haven't haven't developed anybody in the minor leagues that's coming lately. And I, I gotta say, it, it might be 2020, even 2021, before I can see them being a contender. I, I, I don't I don't think you can mark them down as a contending possibility this coming uh, season in 2019. I just don't see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely takes some time, but yeah, I agree with you, Mark. Uh, this was a very enlightening podcast on the Reds. Hopefully they make that decision soon. We'll have all kinds of off-season news for you regarding Cincinnati, their manager search, and what they're going to do. That's Mark Sheldon. I'm Brittany Giroli. This is MLB.com Extras. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.